Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. I have zero nicknames in my entire life. My name is Gabriel. People call me Gabe. And I just, it was growing up, I would never introduce myself as Gabe. Even my 14 years here at Odyssey or B96 and slash The Score, I've never introduced myself as Gabe. It just kind of happened. Jerry, I've been thinking. I've gone as far as I can go with George Costanza. Is this the suicide talk or the nickname talk? One, one person tried to, uh, when I first started at B96, his name was uh, Al- his name was Alex Peace. He tried okay. to call me Gabraham Lincoln. Eddie, Eddie, Eddie Volkman, Eddie V from Eddie and Jobo, he tried to give me a nickname when I was an intern there. And he, was, he goes, Gabe, he goes, we can't use the same logic that we used on my nickname. Because his full name is Edward, so they shortened that, made it Eddie. And then V is the first name of his, of his, of his la- first letter of his last name, so Eddie V. And he goes, if we did that for you, Gabriel would be Gabe, and your last name is R, so it would be Gabe Bar. It's raining men. Hallelujah, it's raining men. And now, live from 670 The Score and on the Odyssey app, it's Gabe Ramirez. I mean, what am I supposed to say to that intro? Shout out to the producer extraordinaire, Brian Callahan, for putting that whole thing. It's Gabe R on the round 670 to score right now. Oh, my goodness. Are we going to get cut? Let's get Corey on right from the beginning. We're, we're leaving. We're All access just finished. I'm super hyped up about the Chicago Bears right now. I loved hearing from Travis Gibson. Uh, of course, Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer, Jim Miller did a fantastic job just hyping us up in season about the Chicago Bears team. And it really is exciting to know. I mean, listen, we know what we've expect, what we've seen from the Chicago Bears over the last three or four years. And it's almost like when you break up with a girlfriend and you, and you get a new one. You know, you were single for a little bit. You got, a, you got a new girlfriend and you're just excited. You want to bring her to Thanksgiving dinner. You want to bring her to these places. And that's how I feel about the Chicago Bear team. That is until I heard the news about Robert Quinn. And I am excited to talk to former Chicago Bear and Fox 32 analyst Corey Wooen, a really good friend of mine, because who better to speak about the defensive end position than my boy Corey Wooten? What's up, Corey? What's going on, Gabe? How you doing, man? You know, I was doing great today until I heard, until I heard the circling rumors about Robert Quinn not necessarily wanting to be in Chicago. And it, it bothers me because... You know, we lived through that bad year with Robert Quinn. We lived mm-hmm. through that. We lived yep. through a, a year where you felt he was trying to prove himself. He, yep. he had an opportunity to, to do so on this team without Khalil Mack and really showcase his talents. 
we gave them that. And I felt like we got no, we're getting no love in return by mm-hmm. hear, by hearing this. And some people would say, well, well, Gabe, he's 32 and, and his window is closing. So he wants to compete for a championship. And that's what I really want to talk to you about. Where could his mind yeah. be at? Where, what could he potentially be thinking? What could this Bears roster look like with or without him? And that's why I'm glad, yeah. glad you're here. So, so what was your first initial thoughts when you heard that rumor circling around the Internet? Man, I, I take these rumors with a grain of salt, bro, to be honest with you, because this, this goes on all the time. You know, even when I played about different people on our team saying they felt this way, and I know that that's not how they felt. So um, I, I take it with a little grain of salt. Obviously, we got to wait and see. But where there's smoke, if, there's fire, Corey. Yeah, but but sometimes like I got I got to see where's this source coming from. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, this source and this source. I I gotta we, we gotta we gotta interview him and, and see see if that's the case. Yeah, but he's not gonna. I don't Corey, so. come on. He's not gonna. He's a professional football player. He's playing the game. If you got Robert Quinn and you asked him, and I say, hey, Puerto Rican Bobby, are you really trying to leave the Chicago Bears team? But nah, Gabe. Come come on, Gabe. I never said. Nah, that. he he might be honest, bro. When you get old, when you get old, you. Just, Honesty just comes out, right? Early on in his career, he might not have said anything, but okay. as you get older, you know, you start talking. But no, I, I, I don't, th- I don't think it's true to be honest. Because think about it, he had one of his best seasons of his career last year, right? When when everyone was writing him off, this, that, and the other. I, I predicted he was, he was going to have a good season. Uh, I didn't think I didn't think it was going to be that good, but man, he he really balled out. So he really showcased that hey, he he is still an elite rusher in this league. And not only elite rusher, but elite defensive end. You saw he played the run, effort is burst. Um, I would hate to see him go. Um, and that's kind of what, what the topic that you brought up. What if he's not there? That that would be very tough, you know, especially after losing Khalil Mack. And then potentially if Robert Quinn wasn't there, that's tough sledding. I know we got Al-Kadeem Muhammad, uh, Travis Gibson, you know, had a good year. But uh, I think he's more of a rotational player at this point. I don't think he's ready to start. Uh Gibson that is. Al Qadim Muhammad, he could he could start in there in one of the positions, but that would that would put a real wrench in the in the defensive end position uh for the Bears if if Quinn wasn't there or he held out or something something like that. Right now, Corey, on the Bears depth chart behind Robert Quinn is Mario Edwards Jr., the journeyman mm-hmm. played it for the Raiders, Saints, Giants, ended up with the Bears for the last couple of seasons. And I know that people are like, yo, well, the Bears are, you know, air quotes, rebuilding right now. And they're not, you know, and maybe it's good that they might not have a good defense. Maybe you get a higher draft pick. No, we want competitive football. And exactly. Robert, Robert Quinn spoiled us last year. He was the shining star for this Chicago Bear defense. So it would just be painful to watch him leave. When you're looking at his stats over the last couple of seasons, like you mentioned, 18 and a half sacks last year, but the year before only two. And we saw that obviously he didn't necessarily feel quite right in that space but he's been in the league 10 years again yep. we're talking to Corey Wu former Chicago Bear Fox 32 analyst I'm Gabe Ramirez this is 670 the score talk to me like 10 years in the league mm-hmm. you got to be wanting to vie for a championship at that point don't you think yeah I, th- I think everybody you know comes to that time frame where you you, you want a championship for sure I think everybody wants that in my eyes, I thought football was a little bit different than than maybe basketball, this, that, and the other, because it's kind of a little hard to position yourself to possibly get a ring unless you're Tom Brady, you know, at this point in the game. So <laughs> you could you could make all these moves and et cetera, but in football, it's a lot harder to win it. You remember they had that dream team in Philadelphia 
Look how that sure. panned out years but, but, ago, but, but, right? But Corey, but Corey, say that to Odell Beckham Jr. Say that to <laughs> Von Miller. Guys that jumped on the Rams last minute and said, you know what I mean? It's hard because it just happened. And if you're a guy like Robert Quinn, I'm, I'm here to believe all the rumors. I'm here to believe that Bobby yeah. is like, I, I'm the man. I can help a team. You know, I don't mind getting paid a little bit to go ahead and try to win this championship because that's really yeah. all he has left. He put 18 and a half sacks on the board last year. Yeah. So all he really has left is to win that championship so that that way he can round out his NFL career. No, I, I definitely feel you on that, right? Time, time is ticking and, uh, you know, him, him getting being 32 years old, I mean, uh, he's already on the way out, you know, in, in everyone else's mind. Uh, he had a great season last year, but he's got a, he's got a few years left, you know, um, depending on how long he wants to play. So I get it from that standpoint. You're thinking about, okay, you know, last year was tough. The year before that was tough. Um, let, let me compete, you know, let me try to win a ring because that's, that's the ultimate goal um, for, for every player. I mean, to, to have, you know, the Lombardi trophy and, and get that ring. But um, I'm <laughs> I'm just hoping it's not true, right? <laughs> of because course we are. That just, that, just, that just puts a wrench in everything. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm just hoping it's rumor mill. Um, but, but like you said, you know, with it, where there's a, you know. Oh, I, I really this fire, know, Corey. It, exactly. That, right. That's what I was looking for. Joining so us you. on the Circuit Resort and <laughs> Casino Hotline, Circuit Resort and Casino Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book, of course, former Bear Corey Wooten, former defensive end. That's why he's so perfect for this conversation. And, Corey, I wanted to talk to you about – the drop-off in the NFL, right? Because if we were mm-hmm. to speak about what life would look like for the Chicago Bears without Robert Quinn, and mm-hmm. let's say it was Mario Edwards, or you were to move Travis yeah. Gibson to the other side to play on the other side of Al-Kadim Muhammad, yeah. what, what is that drop-off like for an NFL team, you know, when you're going from a starting defensive end to that backup? Because you hear the phrase often, right? Next man yeah. up, doesn't matter. But exactly. is there is there that significant drop off, and and what are the things that you can be looking for that will be missing? Not necessarily just for yeah. Robert Quinn, but from a starter to a secondary guy. Yeah, well, I think I think we'll really be missing, um, you know, is the fact that Robert Quinn, since he joined the Bears, he was really stout in the run, and we talked about this game all the time. He never played the run in the past. He was he was kind of like that Dwight Freeney type that would get up the field, he'd give you good rushes, but in the run game. That really wasn't his cup of tea. And it was like he kind of changed once he came to Chicago. He was like, I can play the run. I'm tough. I'm yeah. Puerto Rican Bobby. You know, I, I, I can get in the trenches a little bit. So so that really changed, So which was great. And we talked about it like it was great to see him really play the run well as well. Um, he's always been a talented pass rusher. But then you talk about the drop-off, right? A uh, guy like Mario Edwards, in my opinion, he's more of a – you know, he's kind of in between. He's kind of like a like a five technique or a three technique um, in rushing situations. So I don't really think he's a fit truly for the four three scheme. If, mm-hmm. if anything, I, I think he'd be more of a three technique as opposed to an end. Uh, but Travis Gibson, I think if if Quinn was you know out of here, um, he'd be the guy to step up. And he, he had a great season last year. And I, I guess it's time to see. You know, if he's ready to be a starter, if, if that were the case, if Robert Quinn, um, he'd probably play that left side and Al-Kadim Muhammad would play that right side. Don't you feel like, Corey, though, in the position that the Chicago Bears are in, you can add more to your legacy if you're the man on defense for the Chicago Bears, right? Because if you were to leave, you'd go to a team that potentially had a top five, ten defense in the NFL, but if you, were, if you were the standout like Robert Quinn was last year for this team, yeah. you can elevate your stature. You can be the man. And I guess it, I'm, my, the question I have to you is, 
what is the issue with playing with a younger team, right? There are going to be potentially two rookies that are going to be starting. Maybe, like you said, a different defensive scheme. Is it, you know, does he not want to be in that? Like, what does that look like with playing with veterans or playing with younger guys? Yes, I think I think sometimes, you know, when, when new coaching staffs come in and, and, you know, people worry about them changing up the different scheme because obviously he flourished in the old scheme. Yeah. So that, that's something there. Um, and then, you know, there's a lot of new guys moving parts. And this is a real rebuild, you know, for the Bears at this point. So some people, like you said, when you get up there in the years and you're like, I don't, I don't want to be a part of a rebuild because automatically when you hear rebuild, you think, okay, three to four years, right? That's what people are thinking. A whole, you know, let's give Poles and Eberflus three to four years. And Quinn might be like, hey, I'm not ready for all that. I'm coming, like we said, towards the tail end of my career. And I want to play for somebody that's going to compete for a championship. And, you know, honestly, I, I think the Bears can do it, you know, in, in potentially two years or so if they stack the right pieces together. But, hey, I mean, it, it, it's really up in the air at this point, you know, I'm, I'm just hoping all this <laughs> is rumors and, um, yeah. you know, hope, hopefully we can get him to stay because I think, you know, what he proved is, you know, if, if he has, you know, two more good years with the Bears, I mean, he can mark his legacy, you know, as as, as one of the, the better pass rushers to play for the Bears, especially towards the tail end of his career. So I'm hoping he'll stay put, he'll have another big season and uh, continue stacking that with, with the Bears and, Hopefully, finishes his career out with the Bears. It would be good, Corey. It would be good if he was oh, it'd be here. Great, it'd be great. But I, but I do understand it. And from a, if I were to think about it from a business aspect, for oh, the yeah. Chicago Bears, you understand that your window does not begin this year. It will begin mm-hmm. in 2023, 2024. So if you are able to get some assets in return in the form of draft picks, yep. I can see where that would be valuable. And a guy, I mean, listen, all you hear, you know, my degrees in economics. Buy low, sell high. And there's no (laughs) higher moment right now than Robert Quinn. So that's why I'm entertaining this conversation because in a a moment after I finish, I am going to open up the lines and really talk to the fans and see Mm -hmm. if that's something that they would even welcome is, would you prefer Robert Quinn to be on the team in uh, in this upcoming season when you know the Bears aren't necessarily in contention to even make the playoffs? Or would you rather get draft capital in return for him? And that's something that we'll discuss in just a second. But some they were able to assess who they had on defense during these OTAs that just finished, and as, as obviously as a as a as a as a regular citizen, I would love to hear more about these OTA practices, Corey. Yeah. Like like, yeah. tell me, I want you to talk to me about them from a rookie standpoint, mm-hmm. and then I also want you to tell me what OTA does and how it operates when you're a veteran and you don't necess- yeah. you aren't obligated to go to the OTAs. Yeah, so so as a rookie, it's you, you're trying to figure out the scheme, you're trying to impress the coaches and and showcase what you can do, um, and and it's so it's so different. Like there's a lot of moving parts, so you're learning this new scheme, right? And then you're learning on new techniques, maybe things that you didn't do in college that you're trying to work now, and you're trying to perfect things. So there's so many different moving parts. So it's like you, you got a lot on the line because you're trying to showcase, hey, I can be a rookie. And, and, and try to be a part of the rotation. You want to show your coaches that you're able to learn the scheme, you can execute the scheme, uh, you can make plays, you can hustle, things of that nature. So, you know, when you're a rookie, you're really just trying to perfect everything to show the coaches that you belong on the field and you can contribute this year because ultimately there's 53 spots mm. on game day, you know, mm. and, and you want to be a part of that active roster with the special teams, a part of the rotation, um, you know, because sometimes – 
it comes down to that, right? You could be a part of the rotation, but you're not playing special teams. And then ultimately the person that plays special teams will, you know, suit up over you. So you're really trying to showcase everything you can do across the board, especially if you're not a starter as a rookie. And then as a veteran, you're you're really just trying to perfect your your craft in there, right? You you obviously know you're you're kind of set in your position. You know what you're doing, and you're trying to showcase the the coaches that hey, you're the starter, you're the guy in that spot. Um, you're trying to build the camaraderie with with your other teammates, getting the checks, getting everything. It's kind of like you're just <laughs> ironing out for the regular season at, at that point. I mean, Roquan Smith was there. He says it's great. Yeah. It's great seeing those guys around. I love this quote here. Yeah. He says. They're trying to learn everything they can and take it in from all the vets. It's good to have these bodies out there. It's definitely different because when you're coming from college, when you're, mm-hmm. the, you're the man. And then when you're here, it's a room full of guys that have done a lot of great things in this league. I love that yeah. quote because he understands that it's important to still be there based off what you said. But I get yep. worried when I see Puerto Rican Bobby not having that same mindset and being like, man, I had 18 and a half sacks last year. I'm trying to remain on that same pathway. Yeah, I mean – I'm not getting too worried about it. I mean, obviously, I would like everyone to be there just, you know, with the new staff and et cetera. But uh, I guess we don't know what's going on. Maybe maybe there's something going on uh, family-wise. We really don't know. We can't speculate at this point. But I guess we'll see as time goes on. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping he stays put. And you brought up a good question about draft capital or having him stay. And in my opinion, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, what do you think somebody would give for him? Maybe a, a third rounder, fourth rounder, maybe probably fourth rounder. Fourth, probably a point. fourth rounder, I'd say. Yeah, probably a fourth or fifth rounder, right? And I, in my opinion, I don't think that's worth it. Really, the type of production that he can do. You know, I, I think he's still got three good years in the tank. So I, I think, I think he's worth it because he's your best pass rusher. He's coming off a great season. He's confident in himself at this point. Um, he wasn't showing any signs of slowing down. I mean, his burst was still there, right? We we saw we saw the tape, Gabe. We saw the effort. Yeah. Even even how bad the Bears were, right? They had nothing to play for. The effort was still there. So, I don't I don't think you trade him at all. Uh, I think he's too valuable for this season for them. Um, yeah. So I think you got to keep him. I think I think if you could possibly get a second rounder. You know, I, I would, I would understand. <laughs> yeah, but but I'm saying at this stage in the game, right? A thirty, a thirty-two year old pass rusher, even coming off, you know, a great season, most teams aren't going to do that. I'll but tell you this right now, Corey. I, Eddie Jackson, fourth round pick. Deion yep, Bush, yeah. fourth round pick. Guys that can contribute. You know, people mm-hmm. that I've seen in the past, fourth round pick. I mean, the, the reality is this: we're not going to be competitive this year. You're looking towards the future. And maybe how do you, you can know pack- that, though? How do you? How, how do, do you I know, know what? That the Bears are going to be competitive gonna be, this year? Yes. Come on. Yes. Come Gabe, on. Corey, did, did you, did you, you sound like on, me. Did, Corey, you sound no, like no, me right on. now. Can, can we talk about when Matt Nagy came in? Did we? Did any of us think the Bears were going to have that season when he first came in? At the time, I did because I was – my homer heart was pounding uh, hard. You 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 thought you thought they were going to have the same exact season and win. This is, the, it, 12, this is the first year. Games? This is the first year in my entire life. I've been a, a born and raised here in Chicago. This is my first year ever that I am okay and understanding of the Bears not being good. The first yep. year ever. Every other year, I'm like, there's a chance. Let me look at the schedule. We could potentially do it. But mm-hmm. when I look at it this year, maybe I'm just setting myself up for what could potentially be. And, yep. and I don't want to have my heart broken, you know. But yeah, I don't know. 
I don't know. Whatever, bro. I, I don't know. Like, I, like honest, honestly, I, I'm telling you, you, you're sleeping on the fact that that everybody on the team is going to be reinvigorated by a new coaching staff, like the same way they were with Matt Nagy, right? Okay. They they wanted to play for a new coach, and Eberflus, from Rod Marinelli to different people he's played against, said he's a player's coach. People want to run through a wall for him. So I'm just hoping that they have that same type of season when Matt Nagy first came here. Everybody's reinvigorated. They're ready to go. We're playing great defense. We're running the football. We're taking the pressure off Justin Fields. And we're a defensive-minded team, right? Defense wins championships. We get some of those turnovers. Eberflus was top 10, right, with turnovers for the Colts. So if they could play that, man, I'm just saying. You're hyping me up. Don't cut them out. You're hyping me up, Corey. Don't cut them out, baby. Come on. You know? Corey. Honestly. Honestly, we got the run run game, right? (laughs) The Bears have the run game. But Dave Montgomery gets hurt. Like I'm gonna be, I'm gonna, I don't want my heart broken, man. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> all I'm saying is, is let's see, let's see week one how they come out, what the game plan is, how we're looking against San Francisco, and then then we can then we can truly evaluate this team. We'll see how they're ready to play for a right. guy like you. Schedule is a little soft. Corey Wooten, man, I appreciate you a ton for jumping on. You know, I, I'll have you on as many times as, you, as your two kids and your wife would allow you to jump on this show <laughs> with me, all right? I appreciate you, man. Right, so ho- hopefully Puerto Rican Bobby will stay, hey, right? I love, saying Port- I love saying the two words Puerto Rican as many times as I can as possible, on, whether it's Fox 32 <laughs> with you or here on 670 Score. Corey, thanks so much for hanging out, all right? Appreciate you, brother. Joining us on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline, Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Of course, former Bear and Fox 32 analyst Corey Wooten. Him and I, we do the post game over there together, so that's why it's a pleasure to talk to him. I'm Gabe Ramirez. This is 670 The Score. And as promised, I'm opening up these lines. I need, I need to hear from you because I'm curious. I'm a fan just like you are, and I want to know, do you feel as though you would prefer – Robert Quinn to be on this team in this upcoming season to help out with some of the young guys, be that veteran presence? Or would you love to sell high, get some draft capital in return, so that that way maybe you could potentially move that draft pick along with another, whatever that might be for you? What does that look like? 312-644-6767. Again, would you prefer this upcoming season, Robert Quinn, to be on the Bears roster? Or... Would you prefer to get draft capital in return? 312-644-6767. I'll take your calls right after this. I'm Gabe Ramirez. This is 670 The Score. We're back live with more Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. As far as the forced fumbles, you know, I think it's just having a conscious mindset on getting the ball out. You know, a lot of these guys, they like to get to the quarterback and, um, you know, just secure the sack. But really, if you get the ball out, you get the sack and the forced fumble. And um, even one of my favorite plays that I've made in the league so far with Robert Quinn, where he had the quarterback tied up and I still came up and punched it out. You know, I I feel like that's just, like I said, a a mindset. And carrying that mindset through the run game and the pass game, you know, you're more likely to become successful at at those goals as getting the ball out. Travis Gibson. Talking to our Bears All-Access squad, Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer, Jim Miller, and showing a little love to Robert Quinn, who we were talking a ton about earlier. And the question I have for you guys again is, would you rather Robert Quinn be on this upcoming roster for the 2022 season, or would you prefer some draft capital in return? Sell high. That's where I'm at right now. I'm Gabe Ramirez. This is 670 to score. Let's jump on the score listener line. 
Powered by BetQL. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. Let's go ahead and uh, talk to Frank in Lombard. Frank Lombard, you want to keep Quinn for the whole season, huh? Oh, uh, yeah, for sure. And I want Mac and I want Akeem Hicks and I'm in it for this year. I mean, come on. I'm so, like, why do I care in two years? And why are the Bears perpetually bad? I mean, we should keep our players. We should have kept Trubisky even. We'd be better right now if we had Trubisky. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Hold on, hold on, bro. Because now you're going down the list. First, let's uh, Khalil Mack's gone. He's on the Chargers. We had some draft capital uh, in return for him, a second and sixth rounder. And I understand what you're saying. You want to keep guys that are good so that that way you can build a defense that can compete in the league. The problem is this, Frank. This team isn't going to be good this year. We have a soft schedule, granted. And if there's anyone that's a believer that we can win some games and pile them up, pile on some victories, it is me. However, I want to be a realist with my emotions. And I want to say to myself, we're not going to make the playoffs. And if that is the case, then why waste a guy like Robert Quinn, who had 18 and a half sacks last year, why waste that talent on our team when we can get some draft capital in return? If you can get a four, somebody text the, uh, the text line here and they said, well, what, what draft capital can you get in return? What, what draft picks? A fourth rounder. If you're telling me I can get a fourth rounder, maybe a third, depending on whether the team is desperate or not. If I can get that in return for Robert Quinn, then so be it. Let some other guys step up. Give some other guys opportunities to go ahead and prove their worth on this um, Chicago Bear team, regardless of who it is. Let's see if Dominique Robinson can step up and do well for the Chicago Bears team when given some opportunities to have some extra snaps. I love Robert Quinn. I'm Puerto Rican. So I love Puerto Rican Bobby. He's Puerto Rican too, by the way. So I I loved having him on the team. I love the fact that he had 18 and a half sacks without Robert Quinn. But I also understand where my team, where the Bears are at right now. And if you're telling me that I have to wait until the middle of the season for a team to become desperate to pick up this defensive end, you're going to lose value. Because there's no guarantee that he's going to have the same productivity in the first few games of the season. Let's continue on the score. Highline, let's go ahead and talk to Daniel out in Downers Grove. Now, you not only want to keep him for this year, Daniel, but you want to keep him long term. Yeah, man. I mean, Robert Quinn was became a big leader on the team last year. I'm sad we lost Khalil, but we got some good draft capital for him. But I think we need Robert Quinn as a leader. I think Dom, I'm excited. I am so excited about the Bears and the directions that they've gone and some of the people that they picked up. We've got some strong, hungry, young athletes that I think can really turn things around in a hurry. And I personally, I'm a big believer, and I'm excited about what they can do. And and I think that when you get a team playing hungry and the coaching staff that we have, the sky's the limit. I agree with you. Sky could potentially be the limit for this team. However, when you mention leaders, there's guys like Roquan Smith on this team that love the Bears, that love playing football, that can be that veteran presence that you're looking for to really talk these guys up. And Robert Quinn, I mean, geez, you you heard how – Highly, Travis Gibson spoke of him. You love when people do that, especially on the defensive line. But if there's rumors that he doesn't want to be here, and that's what I'm really basing this whole thing off of, is the fact that there are rumors that Robert Quinn does not want to be a member of the Chicago Bears for this upcoming season. So for, for us to facilitate that and to get some draft picks in return, that seems like a win-win for me. I don't want a guy like Robert Quinn. Let's not forget, he only had two sacks the season before, didn't play in many games, has been injured. 
And if we keep him on this roster and don't get anything in return, and he ends up injured, only plays half the season, and then he walks, we've got nothing. So for me, again, I, I think you, 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 you facilitate the, the trade of Robert Quinn and you get that draft capital in return because you just never know what could happen in, within the season. Let's go to Fred out in Berwyn, who finally someone on the hotline agrees with me, Fred. You think Quinn yeah, has – Yeah, yeah, man. I'm, listen, I'm in full agreement. Uh, we, we need to stop, you know, bouncing back and forth on, on what we want to do, who we're going to be. Uh, it looks like, you know, Ryan Poles has dug his heels into the ground going forward. His plan is, you know, a year or two, uh, you know, year or two ahead of this year. Like, just kind of, kind of got to swallow that and get rid of, you know, aging, aging talent. I, you know, they, this this whole idea of keeping a veteran on a team is is getting, you know, kind of watered down. The NFL's going the way of, you know, next man up, best man for the position. This whole idea that you're going to hang on to a guy you know, six, seven, eight years and to be loyal to him and pay him and, you know. And to be productive, it's Fred. Just, it's just waning, man. It's waning. Like, it's it's the next guy up, you know, at the best price. You know, I, I, I'm sorry. I like Robert Quinn. He did good. Great. Now go do good for somebody else. I hear you. And and that's, what, that's where I'm at right now. Fred, thanks for the call. I really genuinely appreciate that. But that's what you're faced with right now as a Chicago Bear organization. You have a guy like Robert Quinn. Again, okay, granted, you could sit up here and be like, yo, Gabe, it's it's rumors, there's no truth. Whatever, man. Where there's smoke, there's fire. And even if he didn't outright say that, he has to be feeling that deep down in his soul. I'm 32 years old. I had the best or one of the best seasons of my career, and I'm ready to compete for a chance. I, I, I understand that. That makes sense to me if I'm Robert Quinn. And you know where the Bears are at in rebuild mode, and you don't want to be a part of that. And before the season begins, you have an opportunity to tra- listen. All people were talking about when the draft that just happened, Bears didn't have enough draft capital, didn't have the first round pick. Let's pile these up. The way to get that during a rebuild is to trade some of your best assets. We've seen so many teams in the Chicagoland area do that, whether it's the White Sox signing relievers for one year deals just to trade them to get some younger guys, whatever that might be, or getting rid of Khalil Mack for that matter. You have to start thinking about that for, from the Bears if that's the path that Robert Quinn wants to go down. Because what you do not want to do is hold on to him and him get injured and not, and not play half the season you got nothing in return. If you're looking for veteran leadership, you can still pick up a guy like Akeem Hicks. I'm talking about not from a productivity standpoint, from just veteran leadership. If that's your argument for keeping Quinn throughout the season, there, are guy, there is a guy out there that can provide that for you. He's had some of his best years of his career with the Chicago Bears. You do not need much from him. He will be a a cheap alternative, and you can still get that fourth-round pick in return. Now, Papi, Boricua, Robert Quinn, if if I see you on the street, I'll still dap you up. Don't talk. That's just a show, all right? I don't want you to feel a certain type of way about that, all right? Uh, But we still will take your text messages if you want to chime in. 312-644-6767. Right after the commercial break, we are going to be talking to Bruce Levine. He did a phenomenal job covering the Fergie Jenkins statue display that happened today at Wrigley Field. And I, would, I cannot wait to hear what the atmosphere was like during the unveiling. We will talk to Bruce Levine next. I'm Gabe Ramirez. This is 670 The Score. Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score and on 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. I think of the statue will be long here after I'm gone. And it's a great tribute to myself and my family. 
you know, knowing and being a part of, the, of a professional family is not easy. They sacrifice a lot, day in and day out, so an individual like myself can live out my dream. And it's nice to know my grandkids will be able to see Grandpa Fergie for days and years here in Wrigley Field. Gabe Ramirez, 670 The Score. A phenomenal speech by former Cubs pitcher Fergie Jenkins as they unveiled his statue right inside of Gallagher Way next to Wrigley Field. First of all, let's talk. The statue itself is phenomenal. If you look at some of the statues that have been out there, whether you're at Comiskey or just around the league, this one is beautiful. Um, it's a uh, statue of him actually just, you know, throwing a pitch. He's just right in stride. Looks great. The background, it's just a, a, a perfect piece to be there. And someone who was actually there and is going to be able to talk about it right now, joining us on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline, Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. He's 670 The Score, MLB Insider, Bruce Levine. Welcome to the show. Hi, Gabe. How are you? Fantastic. I know you've had a, a long day today. Hello, Gabe? Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me, Bruce? Okay. Yeah, you've, you've had a, lo- yeah, I can now. a long day today. First, just tell me what the environment was like in Gallagher Way and, and Wrigley as the statue was being unveiled. It's the first time that, you know, we got to see uh, – the new statues because uh, Santo and Williams was moved from the uh, corner of Sheffield and Addison uh, uh, last year for uh, storage and renovation. And um, we're standing there and then all of a sudden, you know, they unveiled uh, Fergie after they had, uh, you know, introduced him and um, uh, set him down. And uh, Pat Hughes did a fantastic job of, uh, being the master of ceremonies, as he is for all these events, uh, our own Pat Hughes from the score and from Cub Baseball. And uh, there was Mr. Ricketts and then uh, the mayor of Chatham, Ontario, uh, Canada, where Fergie is from, was on the dais along with uh, with Fergie. So, yeah, it was, a, it was a great atmosphere. A lot of fans in the audience, a lot of his ex-teammates, not a lot, but a few that are still remaining, uh, Randy Hundley and then... Former great Cubs, Andre Dawson, uh, Ryan Sandberg, Lee Smith, uh, the other Hall of Famers that are uh, still with us. And, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Randy Hundley, uh, his former catcher, was there too. So it was, uh, it was a cool event, and uh, Fergie was uh, awesome. He gave a great speech, and uh, it, was, uh, it was well done. It was uh, a, a very nicely done event. Seemed like a, a very good thing for a great gentleman. He, he's, he's obviously just talked about how humbling it was for him to be on there. What can you speak to, to Fergie, the, the man, and your interactions with him over the years? I, I'll, I'll tell you this. <clears throat> Fergie's been through a lot of adversity in his life. I mean, uh, you live long enough, and Fergie, you know, God willing, is going to be 80 years old in December. He's been through a lot. <clears throat> uh, he's lost... <clears throat> Sorry, sorry. Getting emotional, Bruce. Voice. It's okay. Don't uh, worry about it. He lost his. Uh, yeah, that's okay. Uh, he uh, he lost a couple wives, um, you know, to uh, untimely deaths. He lost a child untimely. Death. Uh, yeah, it's an, an un- unfortunate. I mean, obviously, when you look at the life of Fergie Jenkins and what he's meant to the Chicago Cubs organization, 
I mean, obviously he's he's a valued member of this team and speaking highly of some of his his teammates, of course. It was interesting to hear the Ricketts family refer to him as, excuse me, Pat Hughes and, and Colin Jenkins, the best pitcher in Cubs history. I mean, obviously with a storied franchise and some of the remarkable arms that have come out of that system, to call him the best pitcher in Cubs history, I mean, that's a, that's a wonderful honor to be placed on Fergie Jenkins. And, and obviously that's why his statue was there. I mean, some of his quotes saying he's humbled to being next to his teammates, Ernie, Billy, and Ronnie. And he also said, you know, uh, Ernie Banks is my teammate and roommate. He taught me how to be a professional. And that's something that you saw from Fergie Jenkins throughout his career, the way he carried himself, the way he speaks. It's, it's, it's just a, it's, it's a phenomenal atmosphere that he's there. Um, Bruce, t- take me back, like you mentioned before, uh, about Fergie. You were in the middle of the story about his wives and, and, and your interactions with him. Uh, yeah, I mean, he'd been through a lot of adversity in his life, uh, losing a couple wives and a, and a young child as well at an early age. So I thought the uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I thought the most interesting thing about him was that uh, today was talked about his career, talked about the great Chicago Cub fans. But uh, he also talked about the fact that uh, for a number of years now, he's gone through therapy and that uh, therapy has helped him uh, get through some of this adversity in his life. And he was said he was, uh, you know, proud to say that, uh, you know, it it, it was something that uh, was a salvation for him and uh, and helped him uh, get through these tough times in life that, that he's gotten through. And, uh, you know, Anytime I, I saw Fergie or talked to him or saw him at a ballpark or saw him at an event, uh, he would never let you know that there was anything going on. He was always a gentleman. He was always articulate. He was always good with his time. Uh, just a you know, terrific guy. But uh, to hear him talk about therapy and how uh, essential it was for him to uh, get over some of these things in life, I, I thought it was I thought it was the, the – uh, I won't call it the coolest part. I would call it maybe the most um, uh, essential part of what he talked about today, because I think a lot of people will hear that out there and uh, understand that uh, whether you're famous, a ball player, rich, uh, in the Hall of Fame, uh, the greatest pitcher in Cub history, they have the same problems you and I have. And I, I think once in a while people think that athletes and Professional baseball players are uh, just uh, in a, in another world, and they're uh, immune to uh, life circumstances that are coming around. And uh, uh, I, I think it was a uh, you know a very interesting part of what he had to say today. Yeah, Bruce, I love that he aided in the normalization of, of therapy. I think that you know, obviously, men we sometimes feel as though we don't necessarily need need it, so to speak. But you're right, regardless of what walk of life you come from, whether you're a Hall of Fame pitcher, uh, uh, the greatest pitcher in Cubs history, or you know, a regular blue collar worker here in the city of Chicago. I mean, it's sometimes you have to lean on those things. Uh, we got Bruce um, Levine here joining us on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline, Circuit Resort and Casino, Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. I'm sure Fergie would have loved to have been thrown to Wilson Contreras who's been in the news a lot lately um, saying that he's willing to talk in season about a contract or maybe potentially even bracing for a trade. What do you feel like is going to happen with Wilson as the season progresses? Well, I, I believe he'll, he'll eventually get traded. I think he's going to have a really good year. And I, I think he's, uh, it's going to be the be- most 
best rested a year of his career since maybe 2016 when uh, he had uh, two other catchers uh, sharing the role with him when they won the World Series. He came up in June that year and uh, helped take them to the, the championship in in 104 years. So from that from that perspective, 108 years. So from that perspective, uh, I think he's going to be well rested. I think he's going to be productive, and I also think he'll get traded at the uh, deadline because he's, he's kind of on the cusp, uh, Gabe, you know, between, you know, he's going into his best years. He's going into 30, 31, 32. Most, most uh, baseball people talk about the years 27 through 32 being your peak years in the game. And uh, I I don't know if the uh, Cubs feel that um, paying him, 17 or $20 million a year for the next uh, four or five years is uh, what they want to do. I, I just don't know if they, uh, they feel it. I, I will tell you that uh, Jed Hoyer talked yesterday and he talked about the fact that uh, they were waiting to see how he'd respond to having more backup help with Jan Gomes there this year. Last year was a, a really rough year for uh, Contreras. There were, there were eight different catchers again, eight different catchers <laughs> right. that the Cubs employed as a backup last year. And with all due respect to all of them who were professionals, uh, none of them really got, you know, the job done. And uh, it, it opened the eyes up to the Cub executives even more than they ever had uh, opened them, knowing that how difficult it is to find catching. So when you have an all-star, you know, two-time all-star catcher like Contreras uh, on your team, even though he's 30 years old, which isn't an old guy, you really have to wade up against, uh, you know, will, will he be our catcher for the next great run that we have here? And is it worth us? Is it worth it for us to spend 17 uh, to $20 million a year for his services over the next three to four years? So I would, I would have to say that I believe the answer will be that they, uh, they trade him and get the most that they can for him before the August 1st deadline. And it makes sense. Uh, my question to you, though, is from, from what you see this season, what do you think is contributing to his success in 2022? Is it knowing that he could potentially be going to a championship contender, or do you feel he just has less pressure on him to perform at a high level? I don't know. You know, it was a tough year for him last year, and, and he actually took on his teammates at some point. You'll remember uh, that he got angry uh, – you know, one night, I think it was in late June or early July, um, he got angry about the uh, the fact that uh, the team wasn't playing up to its potential. Uh, and uh, and he, he kind of outed uh, the whole thing and one night. And when I asked him a question after a game on one of those horrendous Zoom calls that we had during the pandemic over the last couple of years, and uh, uh, he, he, got, he got in trouble with David Ross and some teammates, but he didn't pull any punches. He just said, hey, these guys aren't playing up to their potential. You know, we're not doing it. We're not getting it done. And uh, he was right. He was honest, but, uh, you know, it ruffled some feathers. Um, I think he learned from that, watching that experience, saying, you know, these are great players who are being distracted by contract situations and the fact they're going to get traded. Um, if I go into my uh, next year, I'm, not, I'm just going to go have fun knowing that whether it's with the Cubs or someone else, uh, I'm going to play up to my potential and, and, and be uh, the player I think I want to be. And 
he's been loose as a goose since uh, <laughs> spring training. And even though he's answered all the questions about being traded and wanting to stay with the Cubs and being emotional about it at some times because of the fans, uh, he understands, as he always said many times, he understands the business a bit. And in the situation he is in, it's um, more likely that he gets traded than he gets a full attention uh, from the Cubs at this point. It's just the way it is. And, uh, you know, to be honest with you, Gabe, if uh, Cubs can get three or four good players, good young players to add to the cachet of what they're already put together last year from the trades they, uh, they made last year for all, for the old, older players and the all-stars, um, it's probably the right thing to do. But I will tell you again, um, Hoyer said yesterday, you know, they're waiting to see how he responded, and, and they're, they're extremely pleased the way he's responded to this challenge of being uh, uh, the catcher on a team that – on a less competitive team that also uh, is in his walk here. And uh, he was very complimentary of uh, Wilson yesterday. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, Bruce, I think he was right for calling them out last year. I just think he underestimated the situation what those guys were in from a contractual standpoint. But I love that he did it because it showed that he cared. Mm-hmm. And that's what you really want from your guys. And I think he is definitely going to be learning from that. We got Bruce yeah. uh, we got Bruce Levine, uh, 670 The Score, MLB Insider, also host of Inside the Clubhouse. I know you got, you got the show tomorrow from 9 to 11. What do you guys got, got on tap for tomorrow? Oh, we're going to have Brandon Hughes, uh, one of the new pitchers from the Cubs, a refreshing left-handed pitcher that came up and started to blow people away right away. So, him and Morrell have uh, opened some people's eyes up uh, when they brought him up this week. Morrell's been fun to watch, and so is Hughes. So it, it, I'll tell you, before before I let you go or before you let me go, <laughs> uh, I will tell you it's great to see the Cub farm system sending players up to the major leagues Agreed. and them getting some things done uh, for the first time in a long time. So that if you're a Cub fan, you have to enjoy that aspect of it. You might not – be enjoying all the fact that they're uh, losing as many games as they are, but uh, there, there, there seems to be some good things ahead with the projection of the Cub Farm system and some of the players they brought up. So he'll be a part of it. Also, Rich King, an old friend of ours and a radio legend and radio and TV legend here in Chicago, has a new book out. He'll be joining uh, David Haw and I from 9 to 11 tomorrow and inside the clubhouse. Gabe, thanks for having me on. Have a great weekend. Okay? No problem. Do the same, Bruce. It's always a pleasure to talk to you, and I can't even believe you made it on my show. That's phenomenal. I'm so glad you're here. All right. Thanks, Bruce. I'll be listening tomorrow. I'm usually in the car with my daughters around that time, driving them around the city, and I love, I mean, two professionals, Bruce Levine, David Hall, talking baseball. And, and you, he mentioned it a second ago. From a, If you're a Cubs fan, you love seeing that. But, I, you know, as a Sox fan, just a baseball fan, I love seeing young guys come up and do the things that, whether it be Morrell or some of the pitches that they have, going up, getting on the mound, getting opportunities, seeing new faces, seeing what guys can do when put under the limelight and given an opportunity to succeed. I love seeing it. So, again, inside the clubhouse tomorrow, 9 to 11, Bruce Levine, as well as David Hall. I'm Gabe Ramirez. This is 670 The Score. We'll hear what Steve Stone had to say about the Chicago White Sox after this. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.